Hello and welcome to the Oasis Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. So good to be in the room together, whether you're downstairs, upstairs. We love you upstairs. Uh, Or joining us online, we love having you with us as well. Um, Mike did ask me, just whilst that was going on, is whether it is my voice that's always being used as the sampling for the backing music. And I'm not going to answer. We'll see how it all unfolds as to whether I can create those noises. Um, If you're around last Sunday, uh, sorry, if you don't know me, my name is Adrian, and it is good to be in the room with you, um, or in your room at home with you. It's the start of a new year, and if you're around last week, you'll know that we kind of focused on, like, how are we going to live as individuals this coming year, and kind of looked at this whole way of living where we're seeking to live centered on the wonder of who Jesus is, and how he's seeking to define us, and how he's seeking to work through us, and basically left that Sunday saying, let's seek to be those who are encouraging one another in how we're allowing Jesus to be the one that everything else orbits. And having gone last week to look at like how we're going to live as individuals this coming year, this Sunday, Vision Sunday, is where we get to kind of look at how we're going to seek to live together as a community who is seeking to orbit Jesus, seeking to allow Jesus to be at the very center of who we are and all we do. And therefore, this Sunday is slightly different to the other Sundays we do. Rather than kind of opening up a scripture and kind of then digging into all that God wants to reveal through it, we're going to more kind of look at like the why, the how, the what, and the where we're going as Oasis. And as we do that, what I want us to see is that we're going to discover that actually it's a story that reveals everything about who God is. It's a story that celebrates all that God the Father, Son, and Spirit is doing in and through us. The very core of who we are is a story of the wonder and beauty of who Jesus is. And that's what we're going to discover. And so I want to straight away jump in in terms of the why. The why we exist. Because that's important to understand. Now, for many of us who've been on the journey for a number of months or years, we'll kind of have picked up on that. But I recognize that for some of us, when you're around and we think, well, okay, yeah, Why do we exist? Well, we exist for a reason. And that is that we've discovered, along with multitudes of churches that are revealed in the world today and have been uh, in the past, that Jesus is enough, full stop. That Jesus' life, death, and resurrection affords us a life where we are defined forever by him. That means that we get to live in a life of unconditional love. That's not based on our merits or efforts, but is always based on the beauty and wonder of who Jesus is. And out of Jesus being enough, we've then realized that Jesus changes everything. Everything for you and everything for me. That Jesus changes everything in how we relate to God, how we relate to ourselves, and how we relate to the world around us. And if you want to dig into that in slightly more detail, I'd say go back to last week's talk as we looked at kind of that wonderful foundation of why we exist in Jesus being enough and Jesus changing everything, and looked at how that begins to take shape in our lives. And so I'd encourage you to go back and look at that as we look at the foundations of a centered life. 
But what we've come to discover in Jesus is enough and Jesus changes everything is it causes us as a community to live with four words. Four words that are found in the heart of Jesus' message to the whole world. We're in Matthew 22, 37 to 39. Jesus says this, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. What we did is we sought to kind of filter that down into four words to say how we express the wonder of why we exist is through sharing that we're about loving God and loving people. And that in everything, we're seeking to love God, seeking to live lives that are centered on him and celebrating in him. But also we're seeking to live lives that are are loving people, that are seeking to love all that we come into contact with in the way that we've been loved by Jesus. Everything that Charlie kind of spoke to us about from John 15 then goes on to say how Jesus like reveals that love by laying his life down for us as the benchmark of how we're then to love. A love that's sacrificial, a love that's unconditional, a love that's for our best, and we're to therefore love the same way. I often want to think about that, think back to um, a documentary I watched on the BBC like 15 years or so ago. And on it, it was a documentary following different teenage mums. And there's one mum in particular whose name I think was Kitty. And she shared that in finding out she was pregnant caused her to be ostracized, rejected by her local community. And she was encouraged by someone to go to her local church. And she said to camera, she said, I don't want to go there. I feel bad enough as it is. And yet she got in contact with some people from the church and they began to love her. And the documentary followed her along with others' stories. And as they followed her story, a story developed and she said, I found this community that loved me for who I am. And that seems impossible to me. When everyone else is rejecting me, they've sought to love me. And I remember hearing that thinking, surely that's what we're going to be about. That's how we should be known. And then the documentary kind of ends with her story. And you could tell they're trying to kind of quicken the pace of this part, but Kitty wouldn't allow them. And she said, the thing I've discovered is that the love they've shown me is from a God who is love. And I found this God who is love in Jesus. And I want to center the whole, she didn't say center, that's my language. She said, I want to cause who I am to be following who he is. And I was like, wow, primetime TV. This guy, this lady's just given testimony to the wonder of who Jesus is. And in it, I thought, I want to give myself into loving people in order they'd understand the wonder of the God who loves us. So this last year, I had the joy of speaking to some friends and them talking about how they'd never been to church before. And they said, I, we hit this moment in life and just were reaching out saying, what should we do? And someone said, you should go to church because church is where you'll find some of the kindest people. And so I was like slightly nervous then because I knew they'd been around us. And, and they said, and that's what we found. We found kindness and love. And for me, at those moments, I think, oh, we're beginning. 
begin to live out why we exist. Because the why is then shaping our how. See, the how matters. The how is all about the culture that we build together. Like Jesus said, be salt and light. In other words, how you live out your life matters. How you understand that why matters. And the culture we build is a bit like the water we swim in. Now, if you've been in the UK for the past 12 months, you'll understand that the water we swim in matters. As we found out in the last 12 months, a lot of stuff has been pumped into our rivers and our coastlines that means that it's not as safe as it used to be to swim in our waters. Therefore, we want to make sure that the culture we swim in is one that does us good. And therefore, we said that we want to cause and summarize the culture that we live with to be summarized in one word, and that is home. Home, which is a place where we belong, that does us good, where we invite others in. And then what we said is, right, if that's the kind of culture we're building that we could summarize in, actually, it's to be like a home, then what are going to be the attributes, the characteristics of that home? And what we did is we put them on posters so that the first thing you come into contact with when you come into South Street through the lobby are posters that spell out the culture that we're seeking to build here. And what we said is we want it to be a place that is welcoming, seeking to welcome all as Jesus welcomes all. A place of authenticity where we seek to know and be known without masks of pretense, understanding mess is okay as we're not building a museum. Characterized by faith, where we know our trust is in our loving Father, not ourselves. A Father who has made himself known through his Son, Jesus, as the Spirit brings Scripture alive to us. Where we're characterized by justice and mercy, where we seek to meet the needs of those we come into contact with, to communicate love practically. Of creativity, where we take risks and risks are encouraged. Success is not necessary, and failing is not met with criticism. Joy, where within our circumstances, we find joy in Jesus, in being together, in our diversity, and in our giving. And then finally, characterized by rest, where rest is the basis we live from, not the destination we're aiming to reach. And we've said... Part of what this is all about is a why that Jesus is enough, that Jesus changes everything, that causes us to love God and love people. And then it shapes how we then seek to live out that together. And that why and how then begin to outwork in what we do in our what. See, the danger is that we jump to our what of let's get on and do but actually, if we start there, we can quickly kind of lose sight of the why and the how, which are essential. And increasingly, I believe that the how is essential. I think if you were to look at lots of things in the surface, both unfortunately in the church world and outside the church world, that have seemed to be successful, fruitful in the short term, actually the wheels have come off. It's come undone. Because actually, when you looked at the culture that was there, it wasn't good. The how is so important that then shapes the what. Do you want to look at now? You see, the what is 
is all about what we do. But I guess how I always think about it is how we've shaped it for us as a church is to imagine we're on a journey. And if you're on a journey in a car, in a vehicle, that you tend to follow signs. I know we live in the day and age of satnav, but satnav still is pointing signs to us. And in it, those signs often tell us like how far we've got to go. I always know whether I'm traveling on the M6 or the M40, I love the sign that begins to reveal how many miles it is to Birmingham. And my heart begins to quicken because I thought, yes, I'm going to the city that is the best city in the UK. And there's those signs. There's also signs that direct us, that direct us of what to do or not do. And what we found is in our desire to get on with the what to do, ensuring that we stay focused on our why and our how, that God gives us these signposts, these encouragements in how we therefore live. And the signposts we lived with last year in 2023, which I'll just briefly look back at, was one of legacy navigating transition. Now, legacy for us at the moment is the kind of big sign that we're living in as a church community. And so since kind of 2022, we've been living with this encouragement to live in a way that outlives ourselves. And it's actually from the passage that Charlie read over us from John 15, 16, where Jesus says this, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. That we've been encouraged to live and act in a way that isn't looking for short-term fruit, short-term outcomes, but rather that we live in a way that is going to outlive us, that causes multiple generations to come until Jesus returns to benefit from the way that we've been living now. Like, being in this building that's 154 years old, or thereabouts, it causes you to kind of live in a way that says, yep, there's something that existed before us. There's something that's going to exist after us. Let's live in a way that benefits all that come after us. And so as we start to live with this way of living, of legacy, which is so different to the culture we're living in at the moment, which is all about fast, quick, and immediate, is that we've then found these sub kind of signposts of, hey, this is how we're going to be learning how to do that. And this last year, we've been learning in respect to how we navigate transition. See, the reality is the way of Jesus, the way of following Jesus, is one where we are forever changing. Therefore, transition is inevitable. And that's both for, as individuals and as a church community. But the reality is, change can feel hard. And therefore, we believe that last year, God was giving us this signpost of, okay, let's learn to live with transition, because this is going to shape future generations if we can get hold of this. And there was a scripture that we wanted to anchor us, which was a scripture that was all about God's people in the Old Testament entering a new land, and God saying to them, I'm going to be with you. Whatever all the changes that are going to happen, I want you to remember this in Joshua 1.9. This is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That in it was this encouragement to believe that transition will happen, things start, 
things end, things continue, and we have to get okay with living in liminal moments of the moments where we're just simply waiting. But within all of that transition, there's this beautiful invitation to know that God is with us, and that changes everything. And so, in it, I want us to therefore just reflect back then and say, well, that was quite a high-pitched reflect back. Um, reflect back at kind of the wonder and beauty of what's that look like then? To be a community that's been living with transition. And how I want to do that is I want to use a presentation style that I used this time last year, which is uh, a Japanese presentation style called Pechakucha, which was created by architects to stop them waffling. And I've realized that when it comes to stories, I can waffle. And therefore, there's a discipline in this where you get 20 seconds per slide, and you have 20 slides to present something. And so I'm going to do a presentation, we'll see how this goes, of the last year through 20 slides using 20 seconds per slide. So to cue us in, to see if we can get there, I'm going to count to three, and then the train's left the station, and um, we'll see whether we hit the destination. One, two, three. We started the year invited to an adventure of purchasing this building. We prayed, gathered, pledged, and gave. We were looking for a deposit of 250000 but miraculously, we saw God provide through people's generosity just shy of 430000 It was a big green light to move forward with the purchase. Along with the money raised, God did something in us as a community in our prayer life. In the lead-up to our Pledge Sundays, we gathered to pray each week on Wednesdays. After the Pledge Sundays had ended, we knew we needed to keep praying. The gathering was birthed that continued throughout the year, bi-weekly on Wednesdays. Prayer was becoming more and more at the heart of all we are. We spent time at the start of the year in the Apostles' Creed, an ancient creed that points us to and reminds us of the unchanging God of the Bible we believe in, the God who is Father, Son, and Spirit, and the transformation he brings to us and through us. We discovered it is an anchor point as we navigate transition and a way in which we support one another. We've always found it a joy to welcome new people into our home here at Oasis. It's been a deep, profound joy to welcome so many dear friends from other nations this past year in order that they could call Oasis home. It's been such a privilege to share life, faith together. I know as a result, we are richer as a church. It was exciting to see the development of the Cadbury Hall in the back through the generosity of a construction firm that created two new rooms. These rooms both created much-needed extra space and a sensory room. A sensory room both serving families now and also becomes a statement of intent for our future. I'm humbled and amazed and deeply grateful for the number of people who consistently open their homes and lives to host small groups. Small groups are the engine room of our community life. This past year has seen new groups start and growing discipleship in groups through online courses, reading Christian books, and creativity in worship and prayer. In our want to keep opening our home together here at South Street, we realized we could offer an alternative for the increasing number of people working from home. We have therefore begun to open up South Street each Wednesday as a shared workspace, allowing a place to work where refreshments are available and where you can come and connect with others. 
It was fantastic to get back, back to running Alpha courses in person throughout last year, allowing space for people to eat together, ask questions about life, faith, and Jesus. It's been amazing to hear of people attending and discovering more about Jesus and to hear how he is transforming their lives. It is such a privilege to run Alpha, and I'm so thankful to the team who make it happen. It was so good to see four different learning communities gather to work through the eight practices of the way to stay centered throughout 23. It was amazing to witness the authenticity, encouragement, and learning from one another. Peter Drucker said, culture eats strategy for breakfast. We recognize how true this can be and have therefore want to take care in the culture we build. We therefore gave some time to explore what it means to live honoring. The series profoundly changed us, and I know as I've spoken to new people, they often comment on the honor they have felt. We believe God is a God of justice and mercy, and one of the ways we seek to express this is in partnering with the Encounter Camp. The Camp is an annual opportunity for those with life-controlling issues to meet with God and see significant breakthrough. In July last year, we had the privilege of investing people and resources in this profound event that happens in Worcester. In all our doing, it's important we don't miss the rhythm God invites us to enjoy of being. To support us in living with this rhythm, we ran our annual retreat day, this time at the greenhouse at Barnes Close. The retreat day enabled time to be present with God, ourselves, and with others. It was fantastic to see our youth to attend the New Day Youth Festival for the first time since the pandemic. The festival saw our youth build strong relationships with each other, with other churches in Birmingham, and also to gather with around 9,000 other young people. The youth must have enjoyed it as they're keen to go again this year. I can remember someone asking me after our offering for the building when I thought it would be complete. I said, June 23. How wrong I was. There was a lesson I and we would have to learn of living in the liminal space. Securing the rest of the funds for the purchase we were providing was proving challenging. We were having to learn to wait, and in the waiting, the call was to trust God. Baptisms are always a moment of celebration for us as a community. Celebration in the life change Jesus has brought to individuals and the sign and the seal baptism is of their transformation. It was an utter joy to see three people baptized in 23 and to hear their stories of transformation. We're deeply thankful for all those who week in, week out, ensure our kids work, OKC happens. In 23, they have seen a number of new children join. All kids involved enjoy being there, having fun, making friends, and getting to know Jesus. We've also seen our junior age group invite friends along to socials. It's been a privilege to serve those arriving in the UK through starting our conversational English classes. The classes were pretty quickly oversubscribed and have a waiting list. I'm profoundly thankful for the team who make it happen and the joy of seeing the community being built. I can't wait to celebrate Chinese New Year this February. It was fantastic to see South Street filled at our carol service and see the return of the Oasis Choir, its largest ever. Along with all those in the room, it's exciting to see those joining us online. One lady, Claire, who's part of us, was actually in hospital, and she invited other patients to sit with her around her bed to watch the carol service with us. Then as the year drew to an end, we heard that we'd been awarded a government grant, the purchase that would enable the purchase of South Street and allow us to serve the local community. The grant was a game changer in our ability to purchase. If I'm honest, the news is still stinking in, sinking in. All I know is God made a way.
See, as we've looked back on 23 and the invitation to learn to navigate transition, I know more than ever in the moments of things starting, ending, waiting, and continuing that Jesus is enough. I leave us with Paul's words in Philippians 4. I know how to live on almost nothing or everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I hope in it what we see is this is not a story where we pat ourselves on the back, but a story where we just celebrate in Jesus' work in and through us. And that's to shape us as we move forward, which is where I want us to land now, in the where, the where we're going. See, I want us to continue to live under this banner heading of legacy. And as we do, I want us to understand that as we live under that banner heading of legacy, we do so understanding this is a significant year for us as a church. As we started off at the beginning, that this is our 25th year of being in existence. We're not who we were, but we're also not who we will be. And therefore, I would believe that God wants to build something in us this coming year out of us learning to celebrate in the wonder of our 25th year, that is to shape us and build legacy-lasting fruit in us as we move forward. And it's a way in which we're to live that actually we all meditated on and contemplated and prayed in yesterday and our devotion book on our 25 days of prayer. And it's based in Psalm 100, verses 4 to 5, where the psalmist writes this, Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. I believe we're to live this coming year with legacy as our signpost, subheading, living thankfully. My guess is you already read it if you're in the room because it was on a card that was on your seat and you were thinking, what's this about? It's about this. You see, I think we live within a culture that can often have a default position of cynicism, negativity, and a desire for more. And I believe that God is wanting to put something in us that causes us to live with a different perspective, a perspective of thankfulness that shapes who we are and all that we do and outlives us. You see, thankfulness is something that we get to pass on from generation to generation. Like, I want our kids to live more thankfully than we do. Now, in that, thankfulness flows from the reality of our circumstances, not a denial of them. We've learned what it is to live authentically, to understand our circumstances. But I believe God is calling us that within our circumstances, however good, bad, or ugly, or indifferent, that we get to live from a place of thankfulness nonetheless. See, what we're being called to is to live in a way that is about a thankfulness for what God has done. Surely this year amongst all other years of our life as a church together is a year to celebrate and be thankful for what God has done over our past 25 years. What God has done in you as an individual and what God has done in me. And there's going to be moments that are planned that we're going to talk about next Sunday of how we're going to gather together and celebrate. 
There's going to be moments that are planned, but I hope there's going to be loads of moments unplanned. We begin to just celebrate together thankfulness of what God has done in and through us. But it's not also just about what God has done. It's also us learning about what God is doing. It's an invitation to become more aware of what God is doing in our here and now. To have a posture that is continuously thankful for how God is seeking to work in how we live And I believe as we live from that place of posture, of thankfulness, it will transform all that we share with others. I know for me, this is something I'm increasingly trying to live in the good of. It's been a journey for me for about 18 months where I'm seeking to live daily with a posture of gratitude and thankfulness. And then finally, it's about thankfulness for what God will do. It's to live with a perspective that knows Jesus has the final word and the hope that brings. I have the privilege of sitting with many people who are facing situations that feel like it is having the final word. And to be able to sit with them and bring the comfort that Jesus has the final word brings deep gratitude and thankfulness to me, and I know it does to them. And I believe as we live increasingly defined by a perspective that Jesus has the final word and the hope that brings, that that thankfulness will then shape our prayers and our worship and the way we share the wonder of Jesus. Therefore, I'm going to finish at this point with an invitation. An invitation to join me in being shaped this coming year and beyond in all we do and are as I believe God is inviting us to explore this coming year, to experience this coming year, and to share and to live in the good of living thankfully. And the other thing I want to invite us to is to pray. We're in 25 days of prayer, and it's not by mistake we're in a section that is all about thankfulness. I want us to give ourselves to remembering to celebrating, to seeing all that we have to be thankful for. Like today is all about thankful for our salvation. Like that's where it all flows. For me, it's always like, I wouldn't even be in the room if it wasn't for you, Jesus. I'm so eternally grateful. Like maybe you've come this morning, you're like, hey, I don't know about that. How do I get to know this Jesus? Come and see me, love to talk to you about it. But can I encourage us? Like I know for some, we can't come. So where you are, just pray then. But for many of us, we can. Let's gather tonight, half past seven, and let's pray our hearts of deep, profound thankfulness for what God has done in us, what God is doing in us, and what God will do in us. Otherwise, with 60 seconds to go, for once, I've not overrun. I'm so pleased with myself, sorry. I I know there's a... I know for you, you think, man, what? what? And honestly, this, is, this feels good for me. I'm like, I've finally blessed the kids' work. Um, and now I'm just going to waffle. Um, can I pray for us? Would that be okay? And just where we are, I just want to pray that God would meet us, that God would go with us. Just where, if you feel comfortable, just close your eyes. Maybe where you're sat, just put your hands out of where you say, I'm open to you, God. Jesus, I thank you that our story is your story. Jesus, we are forever changed by you. 
And Jesus, we celebrate in the wonder of the life that you've afforded us, the adventure of it, the joy of it, the way we know that you're always with us, whatever happens. And Jesus, we pray, would you continue to build lasting fruit in and through us? Jesus, I want to pray for us as a community, as a family, as a church. I pray this year, would we learn more what it is to live with a posture of thankfulness? And I pray, God, that we would end this year a profoundly different people that share with others this deep thankfulness we found in you that they too can get to know. Ask this for your glory, Jesus. Amen. Amen.